Welcome to Season 6 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I am here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. Our program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you if you have needs in any of those areas. You can reach him at 205-326-7364. Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I really hope the first week of 2024 was a great one for you, that you feel optimistic about the year, that you've started some things that you know really matter, and I'm super hopeful that the content today can give you some of the tools to keep all of that going, even when the shine wears off a little bit and it starts to become a bit more arduous and difficult. My strategy this year for myself and for you is not to get super detailed on what those things need to be. I am increasingly convinced that most of us know exactly what those things are. I mean, we have access to information instantly on our devices. There's no confusion on what can get you better. So we're not putting as much detail on the what other than a few examples here and there. We want to figure out the why, which we talked about quite a bit last week, and the how which will be a centerpiece for today. Now let's quickly go back for a warm-up to last week's episode entitled I Dare You, based on the 1931 book by William Danforth, where he effectively challenges each one of us to honor the way God designed us to be balanced in all areas of life, that which comes more natural to us and that which doesn't. What I hope you got out of that episode is that all four corners of the four-square Christian are important. They are simply defined as physical, mental, social, and spiritual. If you gave yourself a grade in 2023 on how much attention you gave to discipline and growth in each of those four areas, chances are there would be different letters given out. Maybe you get an A for losing weight and increasing energy in your body, but you get a C- minus for time spent engaging your mind in new thought and creativity. Maybe you grew tremendously in your spiritual walk with God, but somehow at the same time, socially, you burnt some bridges you shouldn't have and are dealing with the effects of that. So his challenge is, be a disciplined person at your core and let that radiate in all four directions. If you understand that you are a vessel for the Lord and that every part of who you are belongs to God, then take better care of your body. Particularly, we focused on increasing your energy so that you can carry out the will of the Lord. Give that same kind of daily focus to your mentality, to learning more about God and His Word, to researching topics to have better understanding of those things in your life. Socially, be honest with yourself about what kind of personality you have and how that is affecting the room, and be intentional on changing those interactions for the good of everyone around you. And then spiritually, we want to think more like God thinks see more of what the world does not see, and grow to become the kind of person who makes choices based on eternity over everything else. So if you've grabbed on to the purpose of all of that and have even begun implementing things, then you probably found out pretty quickly that change is hard. This is why New Year's resolutions fail, because the excitement of what you want to do runs headlong into the reality that things that are not already a habit 
things that have not previously fit your lifestyle, things outside your comfort zone are difficult. They're like a weight that you're carrying in your hand that as you get tired, is just begging to get put down. So today, I want to talk to you about how we can keep that going and maybe even embrace the difficulty of it as part of the transformation itself. Imagine becoming that kind of person who says, when it gets really tough and hard and you want to give up and it hurts, you say to yourself, this is why I'm doing this. It's not just about what I'll get out of it. It's about training myself to embrace the hard, to change the way I think and feel about challenges. And as you'll hear today, even rewire the way my brain looks at challenges. How do we do that? Well, it starts with today's title, Two Incredible Qualities, Tenacity and Willpower. Now, let me pause right here and reach out to someone who is listening who is just about to turn this thing off. You were looking for something super duper helpful, and I went with tenacity and willpower? I mean, duh, everybody knows if we had more of that, that it would all work out better. Well, I want you to relax for a few minutes and just keep listening because there are a couple of things about these words that are very often overlooked. In fact, I had overlooked the import of these principles. I probably, until recently, couldn't have even defined these two words for you. I certainly wasn't ready to acknowledge that I make almost every effort possible to try to avoid even needing to have them. And I absolutely had no clue what part of my brain is the command center for those qualities and the simple things I can easily do to make that stronger. Before we break into those three sections today, I need to begin by giving credit to two people, one whom I know well and the other I don't know at all. The first one that I know well is BJ Jackson, who is an outstanding friend and a brother in Christ, and he's always sending me cool things that he's learning and trying. And so when he sent me several paragraphs on the anterior mid-cingulate cortex, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be cool, but I don't think I was prepared for how cool it would be. And the second person is someone I have not yet met, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist and hosts the Huberman Lab podcast, and he recently had a two-hour episode that dove very deeply into the concepts I'll be sharing today. I will put a link to that episode in the show notes. I know he has been an influence in BJ's life, and I think going forward he might become one in mine as well. Okay, let's jump in with some definitions to make sure you and I know what we're talking about. When we say tenacity, we mean the willingness to persist under pressure and resistance of various kinds. Willpower is similar. It relates to both the motivation to undertake certain actions and the motivation to resist certain things. So putting those together, what we're talking about is knowing the right thing to do and being motivated to do it even in the face of resistance, even when it's hard, sometimes even when you don't want to. On the flip side, maybe there's something you need to stop doing, but you really want to do it. That's your resistance. The resistance is desire. Tenacity says, I will resist and continue to say no to that thing, even when I'm being pressured to cave. Willpower says, I have the proper motivation to maintain this more difficult path, and I'm not giving up. So here's what I learned about myself. It's not that I don't want to have tenacity. I'm just looking for ways to accomplish what I want without needing it. On its best day, I would describe this as working smarter, not harder. Let's look at our four categories from the I Dare You book. Okay, I need more energy in my body. How can I accomplish that in the easiest possible way? What is the path of least resistance that brings the best results? 
if I'm trying to grow mentally and expound my knowledge, what's the easiest program to do that? What's the least amount that I can read and still learn what I need to know? When it comes to how I relate to other people, what are the simplest, easiest, quickest things I can do that will maximize a change in a relationship? And if we're being honest, this translates to spirituality as well. I think we're all willing to sacrifice some things and do some difficult things and say no to ourselves for the sake of our relationship with God, but aren't we often asking for situations that don't require willpower? We want our church attendance and our giving to become natural and habitual. In other words, not to be hard anymore. Maybe we're always wondering, how many sacrifices do I need to make to be enough like Jesus to please him? And if we can come up with things that don't require tenacity, or at least not for very long, I'll endure some short-term pain as long as it is, well, short-term, or at least gets easy within maybe like 30 days. And look, maybe in some cases this works. You find the easiest way to do a hard thing or the thing you're most naturally drawn to so that it's more of a pleasure than a burden and you get the results you're looking for. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we often come up far short of what is possible because we weren't interested in hard And as you'll hear in the back half of this episode, we're missing out on an opportunity to develop our brains in order to do more hard things and to build tenacity and willpower, which in turn will make many more great things that almost seem unreachable now easier. And once I got behind this idea that pushing a little harder and holding the line and doing the more difficult thing is actually good for me, and it's training me and reprogramming me, which will make those things simpler and make other things attainable, well, everything kind of began to shift. So this is where things get a little sciency and kind of cool today. You have a part of your brain, a physical area called the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. Now, I don't want to say that 10 times in the next 10 minutes, so the shorthand is AMCC. This is the region of the brain that is associated with tenacity and willpower. It is located in the medial wall of the frontal cortex, which is responsible for things like decision-making, holding your attention, and your memory. This AMCC portion of your brain is responsible for all kinds of cognitive processes. In fact, it's sort of like your brain's war room or command room, if you can think in terms of military. It is centrally located with all of these sections of the brain around it that are responsible for all kinds of different things. And yet, it's from the AMCC where decisions to push forward or pull back are made. I mean, in all of those other quadrants of your brain that are dealing with different things, as each of those areas incur confrontation or challenge or it gets hard... They're leaning back on this part of your brain to decide, do we stand firm or do we give in? So if you and I can learn to strengthen and cultivate that part of our brain, then it can send out signals of durability everywhere else. Now, this idea of strengthening or building a portion of your brain, there's tons of scientific research on this, and it's a little bit different than maybe, say, building your bicep. It's mainly different in this way. If a guy is curling iron in order to make his arm larger, it will physically become larger. That's not what happens with your brain. If you work out the tenacity corridor of your brain, your head doesn't get bigger. I mean, maybe in figurative ways, but not literally. 
In that way, it would be more like this laptop computer I'm looking at. It has a certain amount of RAM in it that allows it to process things and do things, and I can change that out with other pieces of RAM that are better technology that unlock greater potential. The computer still weighs the exact same and looks the exact same, but it can do much more. And in that way, it is like working out your bicep. The result of that is you're able to lift more, more easily, and hold things longer. And that's exactly what we're shooting for, the ability to do things, do them more easily and hold on to them longer. So a couple of things I need you to grab onto here before we get to the practicality of it. If that portion of your brain is working better or more efficiently, it will lend real-time results to everyday decisions. There was an experiment described in the Huberman podcast from 2013 where researchers gave like tiny electric zaps to that portion of a subject's brain just to see how they would react or feel. When they did this, the subject would describe a feeling of anticipated challenge and a strong desire and motivation to overcome it. Also, their bodies reacted in certain ways automatically, like when you get nervous or excited and your heart beats faster. The moment the researchers stopped activating the brain region, those feelings just faded away. From this, the researchers concluded that activation of the AMCC plays a huge role in helping us take action or resist or persist despite challenges, which is exactly what willpower and tenacity are all about. So I want you to get a little bit excited here because you might be one of those people who says, when it gets hard, I just give up. What if you can change that part of the way that you think? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, there's plenty of scientific research that suggests that you can that this brain area is, quote, subject to plasticity. We can actually increase its activity, bring that zap to it by natural means. Now, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to enjoy what those natural means are. But this is where the switch flipped for me when I started to understand the value of difficult things. And that even if I'm doing good things that are helping, if they aren't hard and I'm not having to fight myself to do them, then I'm missing out on an opportunity to be stronger. Simply put, you and I need to be doing things that we don't want to do because they're important. And we need to not do things that we do want to do because they're not good for us. Now, if you've been paying close attention, you might be like, wait a minute. The whole point is trying to develop a mind that will resist bad things and do hard things. And you're telling me the way to do that is to resist bad things and do hard things? Yes, this is called a positive feedback loop. You deliberately do something challenging, either moving or resisting. You activate the AMCC. It grows and strengthens over time and becomes easier to engage, resulting in more willpower and tenacity that you can show in other areas of your life. And I want you to cling on to that last thing that I just said. I'm not just saying that if you jog every day, eventually it will get easier to jog every day, though that is probably true. I'm saying, just to use that example, that by virtue of jogging every day when you don't want to and fighting to train yourself to resist, you will create capacities within you that you can apply to everything else. And I'm talking about naturally, almost subconsciously from your brain getting applied to everything else. This is kind of like stuff I've said over the last few years, that when I try to be disciplined in just one area of life, it tends to fail. 
But when the goal is to become a disciplined thinker in all areas, to exude balance in every direction, I reach a different gear. But what I hope you're learning today is even the effort you put into that one area is accomplishing something that will benefit the others. So as we get near the end of the episode, we've got to ask questions like, how do we tap into that? Where does that training begin? And I used the previous example on purpose. There were some tests run that tend to indicate that physical movement is a big part of building that out. There was a study done years ago with participants aged 60 to 79, I think, comparing those who would engage in cardiovascular exercise, running, cycling, with those who would just stretch and how that would affect their brain health. Both groups were engaging in that an hour, three times a week for six months. Brain scans were taken before and after the study, and they showed that in the AMCC, there was an increase in brain volume among those who were doing the biking and the running. They observed an increase or at least a maintenance of what's called white matter tracks, the communication routes allowing information to go in and out of the AMCC to other portions of the brain. Keep in mind, these are people in their 60s and 70s, a time where we would expect brain function to decrease. There were, however, no measurable gains among those who were just stretching. Those results were interpreted by researchers this way. The cardiovascular group had to put in extra effort to exercise. They had to get dressed and go outside, rain or shine, stay motivated while running, etc. In contrast, easier activities like stretching didn't require as much motivation and didn't get the heart elevated as much. The study concluded that if you want your AMCC to get stronger and to service other areas of your brain, you need one critical feature, the rise of the resistance. Okay, the research actually just says resistance, but we just got back from Disneyland and that was a super cool Star Wars ride. But you get my point. We need something pushing back. There needs to be a degree of friction. And what I hope you get today is that friction like that is good for you. Avoiding hard will never make it easier. But fighting through to reprogram the way you face challenges, that can change everything. Now keep in mind, this doesn't mean doing hard things that aren't hard for you. If you're someone who already walks a mile every night, then you need to go too. If you like reading one book a month but can't seem to fight through to get to two, then you need to embrace that second book. Find the point where you have to push yourself and do it. Now, you might be like, Chris, this episode, I I don't have the tenacity to push through. Number one, I believe you do. And number two, I think it will help you to know that you can, in fact, build it. And facing these challenges is a step in that direction. Keep telling yourself, For a variety of really cool and semi-scientific reasons, resistance is a good thing. Okay, one more tip that's sure to help. Huberman leans in heavily on the idea of building what he calls micro-sucks into your day, which for some of us is a bad word that we don't say, so I won't say it again. But what he means is face little difficult challenges that you might have just shrugged off as unimportant because they are important. For the purposes of ESM, let's go with eat that frog. Whether it's making that annoying appointment or phone call early in the morning or just adding little five-minute things in your day where you're doing really focused and important things, keep in mind that hard challenges and tasks, even small ones, actually activate your anterior mid-cingulate cortex. 
You know that command center part of your brain that pushes every other part of who you are, but that stubbornly requires from you initially the thing that you're hoping to derive from it, which creates a feedback loop that rolls straight through the obstacles, requiring strengthening and manifesting tenacity and willpower. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll consider sharing it with a friend. Speaking of friends, if you have any mortgage-related needs, maybe you're a first-time homebuyer looking to refinance or just want to talk about future homeownership goals, reach out to Tyler Kane. He is a senior loan officer with Fairway Independent Mortgage. Tyler and his team, with their expertise and dedication, have helped many families achieve their home ownership goals. They can advise you on the process from start to finish. His website is included in the show notes, or you can reach him directly at 813-380-8487. And please remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.